I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. Everybody, it's Dean Jackson and Joe Polish, and uh, I hope everyone is ready for what's going to be a very interesting and pretty <laughs> awesome episode. Uh, we'll get right into it because uh, we have our good friend Neil Strauss, who's on the line with us, who called in for as much time as he can devote to this because he's in the middle of a whirlwind world tour. His brand new and probably most controversial book to date. Uh, comes out today, and if you don't know who Neil is, we'll explain and ask him to describe himself, and me and Dean will give our perspectives on him in, in just a second, but he's written many, many New York Times best-selling books, including uh, The Dirt about Motley Crue and The Long Road to, to Hell with Marilyn Manson and How to Make Love Like a Porn Star with Jenna Jameson and Emergency and a whole bunch of uh, books. He's probably interviewed more rock stars than any writer alive. He's a brilliant writer uh, and just a guy who has just transformed himself in so many ways, going from subject to subject to niche to niche to all kinds of fascinating things that he's studied. Uh, But uh, Neil, uh, you're in New York right now. Dean, I don't know what part of the world you're in. I'm in Arizona right now. Tell us who you are, what's going on, what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm in my hotel room in New York. I'm between, like, whirlwind uh, events. I guess I'm speaking in Brooklyn tonight, and uh, I'm on the call with, like, two guys who are awesome, who I've known for a really long time. And actually, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but I was once, I started a book on the marketing community. Uh Did I tell you that? No. Yeah, it was about all, all you and Dean and everyone and all, and all the other people who probably have been on your show because uh, I just thought after the game, hey, what's the next kind of obvious thing to do? It's sort of the money game, right? And That's then talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. Then talk about how that works. And so I really started doing it, and then I got sidelined and did emergency because I got worried about where the world was going and is going. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so one to one day, I'm just buttering you guys up for for the next big expose. I love it. I love it. Well, so, you you know, one of your most well-known books is uh, The Game, Penetrating the Secret Society of Pickup Artists, and that you, you've just done a follow-up book, which I was actually, I've had a lot of conversations in, uh, with you about this before anyone ever knew the topic uh, of, the, of the book. And today, the book is officially coming out, and so we're going to recommend to all of our listeners to go out and, and buy Dean's, uh, I mean Dean's, did I just say that? Uh, buy Deal's uh, book, The Truth, uh, an uncomfortable book about relationships. Uh, and and what I want to do on the time you have, Neil, is kind of give some background on this. But well, since this is I love marketing, we'll talk about kind of what you're doing with the marketing of the book and the and the promotion of the book. But since so much of the topic of this book has to do with things that are extremely personal to my life and what I think caused so much you know pain and suffering in other people's lives, and you being willing to uh, write what you've written and you know just reading different articles from extraordinarily positive to people that are just 
trying to bash you that have never even read the book, that have no clue what the hell the journey that you've been through. It's just fascinating to watch the public's reaction uh, to this. But, uh, you know, one thing that no one will ever be able to deny is that you are one of the greatest writers on the planet and your ability to write words that just, you know, get into someone's emotions and cause them to think and shift the way that they look at, like, everything. I mean, you're just amazing at it. And so uh, I'd love to just kind of have you get us up to speed of what the hell have you just been spending the last couple of years uh, doing and sure. writing about in, in this book? Because I, I would really like all of our, our uh, listeners to, for two, two things. One, you know, look at what Neil's doing just because of the marketing needs to get done in order to get any message out there. But secondly, the, the book, I think, is going to change a lot of people's lives. Sure. Yeah. So discuss the writing really quickly. I mean, I really have two, two, two goals when I write. And, and one is to just grab grab you and just drag you through page after page till you can't put it down. And let's just face it, in like this kind of attention span, you know, uh, society with, with so, so much competing for your attention, that, that, that call is bigger now. And so I do it not just with the words, but with the book design, with the images, with everything to sort of, you know, suck you into a world that you don't want to leave. And it's hard to do because the challenge is what's interesting to you and then what's interesting to the reader, things that are really interesting to me that I felt like were important, I have to let go of and understand that the reader may not be as interested as I am in those things. And so really the art, the art of writing is not actually in the writing itself, it's in the editing after you write it. Yeah, yeah. That is a great line. I'll tell you, you know, the funny thing is that you've, you know, you, you're completely right in terms of not wanting to put something down. I mean, we, we, when we talked with you uh, last time on the podcast, I shared the very first experience I had of you before, before we even met was at the Virgin mega store, you know, picking up a copy of don't try this at home, your book with uh, Dave Navarro. And just three and a half hours later, you know, being completely oblivious that all that time had just passed. And today, you know, this the book just came out today. So I had the uh, pre-order on on uh, iBooks. And so first thing when I woke up this morning, of course, there it is waiting for me. And I have done nothing but read this book this morning. And again, I can't wait till we're finished here to get back and, and read the rest of it. It's just, it's fascinating. So you really are... There's very few people that have that ability to just, you know, suck you in and keep you riveted to the pages. And that's been the case with every one of your books that I've read. So, well, yeah, thank you. you. Yeah, no, really, yeah, thank you. And it's really, ability, I think, in some ways, it's the ability to step back, to step mm-hmm. back from your, step back from yourself and step back from your own ego and re- recognize, okay, what, what, you know, what needs to be said and, and how can it be said? And can you put a little, can there be a little humor of it if you don't take yourself so seriously? I do think like mm-hmm. one of the problems, I'm going to say the problems, one of the challenges in kind of marketing emails is sometimes like if you, if you are, and you can, you can tell me if you agree or not, I'd be curious for your thoughts, but sometimes the best emails maybe are written by people who like, just like, you know what, I'm just going to toss this one off and not care about it and not try to like lace in everything I want to say and, 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 uh, you know, anticipate all objections and speak to a common enemy and, you know, and all that stuff. And just like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to goof off on this one. And somehow that's the one people really connect with. Cause it's, it's, uh, you know, it's still you, you're still doing it and you still have your point. Uh, but it's also has that authenticity and that, um, lightness that's enjoyable to read. Well, I think that really what comes through in this is the, 
the length of time and investment that you make in actually experiencing everything that goes in this book. I mean, this one, I know you've been working on this for four years, five years now? Yeah, yeah, probably like I mean, five years of research and writing, yeah. Five years, I mean, good Lord, it's just the complete and total immersion, though, and every ounce of that comes through in the in the book, you know? And, and, well, and I, not, think it has to, I think it has to, because, oh, go ahead, Joe. No, no, I was, yeah, well, uh, I'll let me finish the, like, it has to, I was just saying, it's not, I, I just not just research that you've done on this book. You've been a, you've been a human guinea pig with therapy right. and every kind of <laughs> thing imaginable for what you have, what you're writing about, which we'll get into in a minute, but yeah, go ahead and finish. Yeah, that's you know, true. I, I want to get into our, our discussions and see how much we can go, how much, uh, how much you want to go down the, the rabbit hole of our, of our past discussions, Joe, but I'm excited to talk about those. But, uh, but no, yeah, I was just going to say that it's interesting with a book. It's sort of the end result. There's no, there's no right. goal other than just to sort of express the experience of what happened in a way that other people can also learn, grow, take something from it. Because I think a lot of people read, you know, nonfiction books, but it's really kind of how-to stuff, and mm-hmm. it's very listy. And the brain doesn't learn; the brain learns through metaphor. And so it's important mm-hmm. for me to tell the story because you're going to learn better through a story, I think, than any sort of you know bulleted, bulleted list. Even though Joe, like like Joe, has that great thing that you hand out your Prana marketing little uh, fold folded card, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and there's like there's a hundred there's all these great points, and it's like so much wisdom on that. It's insane, but like I, it's hard for me to even remember a single point on there, even though I read it. Oh, maybe the five times. credos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and they're they're great. It's so much genius, uh, but we mm-hmm. learn through metaphor versus lists. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. I, I'm just going to do a card like that. It's just going to be a, a really great metaphor with one idea that you never forget. <laughs> and you have to unfold it eight times to get to it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. With a little graphic overview and all that. No, that's great. But it's a great card because you never let it go. Like I'm like I, I treasure that that those 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 credos. It's, it's such a yeah. Good idea. Anyway, I was, just, I was just with him over the weekend too, which is cool. So okay, Neil. So uh, let's let's talk about this book because uh, I, I, I want I really want people to go out and and, and read it, and mm-hmm. I'd love to hear the perspectives from people that we recommend to read it. Uh, I remember I don't know how many years ago this was now, but you had called me. We were already friends, you know. We we just didn't. This added a whole nother layer to our uh, knowing each other. Is you? I remember you calling me, and you had watched. Uh, or seen an interview I did with Pat Carnes uh, yeah. on YouTube about sex addiction. And you called me up and you're like, you know, what do you know about sex addiction? And that's kind of where it all started. And that was the first time where you were, you know, telling me about you were going to, you know, put together this this book and all of the shit that was going on in your life. And you wrote, the, the and I think the best starting point is, you know, a lot of people know you for writing the game. People that only have read your work, have never gone to any of your events, don't know you as a, as a real human being. They have this perception of whatever the public makes you out to be. And when you write controversial stuff, people will come up and manufacture pretty much anything about who they think you are as a person. Right, but right. You, you, you have been on such a transformational journey in your own life. I mean, you have been willing to climb mountains and go through shit that most people, you know, literally week to week that most people never even deal with in a lifetime. And and I've been, you know, privy to some of that uh, to see what you've been going through. So you wrote the game uh, about, you know, most people think of it as how to pick up women, although it's, it's, it's a lot you had different reasons for writing it than that. Uh, But now you wrote the truth, which is really 
about sex addiction, about relationships, about pain, about suffering, about you know ego, about so many so many different things. Uh, you know what what is this new book about, and why did you write it? Yeah, great. Yeah, and 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 the game really. It's funny because I was really I was writing for the New York Times. A book editor told me about this kind of underground culture of, of of pickup artists, and really the book was my own experience in it, but also reported. Like in other words, there's a lot of horrible things I witnessed that I put in the book as being horrible, yet somehow the book became representative of the entire culture. It's a very bizarre thing, and it actually shows you, you know, in in some in some marketing. And and again, if you think out of it on a marketing level, and I know I don't will that that uh the worst thing possible this book being widely misunderstood actually is what's also let, kept it in the culture for you know that 10 years later people are still talking about it or they're still writing articles about it which is kind of insane so if it hadn't been misunderstood you know we might not be talking about it so so there there's there's sort of an element of once you do something of letting go of control and allowing you know allowing the culture to make up its own story about it so uh so yeah, so the new book really is. It's funny. It's like it's it's really like the bookend to the game. If the game in some way was how to have an inauthentic relationship, the truth is how to have an authentic relationship. And and by the way, one thing I recommend for everyone, uh, if you're if, since you're on, since you're online anyway, is to go. Patrick Carnes, you just mentioned again, like addiction. I know for myself, it was always a turnoff when I heard people mentioning addicts and, 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 and addiction. And there, he has this test, though, nothing to do with addiction, but this trauma scale test, the PTSI. Have you taken it, Joe? Yes. Yeah, it's a great test. Print it out, and I learned this amazing thing about myself from it. So it's the PTSI. It's, it looks like it's a lot of questions that you answer really, really quickly, and it tells you kind of how your childhood, you know, affects your present and things you do. And that test, I had one life change from that test, which is I ranked high in something called trauma bonding. Tell me if I'm going. So, so basically, what it means is. I'll connect with people maybe who aren't good for me or who uh, who uh, you know maybe someone doesn't have my best interest or even I'll like they're like my now wife would be like why are you friends with that person they're like totally dissed you online and you're going out to dinner with them I'm like oh I don't know I, they were nice to me once and like mm. and so and once I realized that I'm like oh yeah that's actually an unhealthy dysfunctional behavior I have and I do that because you know of a certain way I was raised and taught to see love and so not to get like kind of heavy and psychological. On, uh, on on the show, but you'll look at that and see patterns in yourself that will help make you aware of them and make you more successful in what you do. Because to me, like, beyond... I guess I'm going on a long tangent, but the point is, yeah, so the truth, the truth is basically just my journey to be, like, authentic and have a real relationship, not a fake one, to stop being compulsive about sexual and any other behavior, many behaviors, uh, and uh, and really just see the world in a as, a, as a, the bright place it is instead of the dark place I was living in. Mm. Yeah, well, here's here's the thing. Like, I, I'm, I've only just gotten into the book. I mean, you sent it to me, oh, gosh, you know, probably um, a month ago. And unlike Dean, who's been reading it all morning, I've got my annual event coming up. So it's right, like right. I've, I'm in the midst of, but it's, uh, as is usual, you're, it's fucking awesome. I mean, and just reading it, it just you know, it's 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 annoying because I keep it. I, I I wish I didn't have a million things on my plate right now, or this book would have already been done by the time I had a chance to talk talk with you about it. Uh, so I don't know how it ends, but what I do know is that you get into some pretty heavy uh, stuff, and you talk about you know, prior to the game, you were you know, obviously just trying to figure out how to you know, interact uh, with with women and meet women and, and get sexual fulfillment and develop relationships or, you know, 
in, in through now you're married and you have a child, and a lot of people don't know that about you. Uh, so I want to ask you some things just about the subject of that. You know, why do you think great relationships uh, go downhill? Uh, is one subject. You know, that it might, maybe there's another question before that one. But I'm just really curious. Out of all of the stuff that you've you've studied, like you know, why do you think great relationships just you know go downhill once sure. they start? Spoken by someone who's you're in a new great relationship, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yes. How long has it been? Oh, well, I knew her five years ago, but in terms of dating right now, we're about two and a half months in. And okay, yeah, this is the great part. Okay, let me warn you. Let me tell you here's what's going to happen. And again, I know Joe. I know. I know. I know Joe through two relationships that follow the exact same pattern. So this is this is like this forgets. Just this is just about you, you and your life right now, Joe. Which is yeah, I love it. I love it. Which is let's let's just kind of watch this now. Obviously, you talk to Dean all the time and kind of let's see what happens because there's sort of a pattern. And I'll say the overall pattern, and we can see how much we can talk. We can you feel comfortable talking about yours. But the overall pattern is this. Uh, and this comes from, uh, I think it comes from Harold Hendricks and some other people who, who say this. But uh, it, starts, right, it starts off as projection. You know, I'm, I'm not really seeing you. I'm seeing the person who I feel it can, you know, fit the empty space in my heart or the role in my life. And we're all both on our kind of best behavior and in this, in this idea, but it's a lot of projection. And then over time, uh, you start to, a couple things start to happen. One is you start to see the person as they really are and they start to see you as they are. Right. And people always say, and this comes from Joseph Campbell, people always say, Oh, I was disillusioned. You know, so disillusioned by him or her. And he says, what better to be than disillusioned? Get rid of your illusions and see who the person is. And to me, the real relationship happens at that point. And so what uh, the other thing that happens, and you, here's why great relationships go downhill, is people par- parentalize the other. You turn that person without knowing it and not even realizing it into mom or into dad and in and, and a way that's completely unaware. In other words, I'll give you an example from my own stuff. So... Uh, let's see, one day I was late, I was late, uh, and there was a documentary crew waiting at my house, I was 15 minutes late, and Ingrid was like, hey, the documentary crew is here, where are you, you're 15 minutes late, that's so rude. And I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm sorry, I'm just really late, and she, and she said, I'll be there, I was just working out, and she says, so rude. And my and my first thought was, what a nag, like, why is she telling me it's rude, I know, I'm, it's my life, I can live my life how I want, like, why are you nagging me and calling me rude, like, you're my wife, you're supposed to support me. And it was my first thought. And then I realized, well, where is that coming from? Okay. And again, I know this sounds, so I realized that that's not even true. Like maybe my mom nagged my dad. And so I'm worried Ingrid's going to be a nag. The fact is she says a hundred positive things to me a day, you know, and all the time. And that is that true? Is it true that it's rude to leave a documentary crew waiting at your house for 15 minutes while you go to the gym? Yes, it's totally rude. And she's just (laughs) stating an obvious fact. So I just said, you're right. It is rude. And then she said, hey, sorry, I really had a tough day, and, you know, and everyone's here, and it's kind of crazy, and we've got to have a relationship. But it was that, it's those little decision moments where I'm about to build up an entire story, an entire case against her that has nothing to do with her. It's just the way I saw my, relation, my parents' relationship played out. So what happens is you think these things, you don't articulate them, they build into resentment, and, uh, that, uh, and that can happen. But what happens, according to Harville Hendricks, is a power struggle. There's a power, there's a power struggle phase when you, I'm trying to get you to be the good mom, or she's trying to get me to be the good dad, you know, the dad who won't abandon her. And for me, it's the mom who will give me, you know, trust and freedom. And we start being in this power struggle, trying to get our unmet childhood needs met from each other. So there's a power struggle phase. And from there, 
is the power struggle outcome, which can be one of, I think, four things. One is a parallel marriage or relationship where it's like two people living in the same place, like together but apart, <laughs> you know, not really communicating. Uh, the second one is like a hot, a hot marriage or relationship where everyone's fighting. The third is separating. And then the fourth is actually understanding really what's going on and then working on those issues together, which is what Ingrid and I have done. Mm, yeah. Well, no, was, that, I mean, was, that, was, that, was that like a whole mouthful you got to, was that? No, that was, that was, that no, was very you, good. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, right? It's interesting. Like, here's, here's what, like, if the game was like understanding the social dynamics of, you know, what we want when we're interacting with people, this is understanding those relationship dynamics. And once you see like the matrix of it, like everything makes sense. You understand why people pick the people they choose, why they have the problems, what's going on with the problems, how they can fix those. Like you start to see it just as clear as you see whatever you're looking at in front of you. It's amazing. Yeah, I'll tell you. You know, get, getting a phone number or, or or meeting someone, picking someone up, whatever you want to describe it, is a completely different skill set. That once you have that relationship, maintaining it and making it harmonious and growing and and all of that. And so I think that's why so many people are reacting. You know, just initially. You know, because I've been what I have been reading and looking at today are articles and responses and comments to articles and things about your book and, and about the pursuit. And to me, it's it's fascinating how people are so quick to judge a book by its cover. I mean, the, the world is populated with people that have opinions about things that they haven't even done any depth or any research on. Um, but it's you know, there's very few people that that makes this sort of transition deal from the one world to another. It's almost like mm-hmm. in, in marketing, it's you can be in the transaction business or you can be in the relationship business, but they're two entirely different ways that you go about it. So what did the writing of this book do for you and your current relationship and where do you think it's how do you think it's gonna affect you as a as just a human being and as a as a as a man as a parent oh oh my god yeah so it's fine it's great i'm glad glad we're talking about this stuff it's real kind of life issue stuff so one is and the great thing about writing it two great things about writing it and then we'll talk about the parenting the two great things one was that when i saw myself on the page and i wrote it early on when i remember joe we used to have those discussions about like you know i discussed you about monogamy and sex and this doesn't make sense and it's not it's unnatural and all the all these kind of like arguments that would come up with in my head. I remember us sitting in the car in Malibu and having these long, these long discussions about it. Um, and so when I read myself on the page, when I actually wrote it down kind of as it was and read myself on the page, I could actually see you get the rare gift of stepping outside yourself and seeing yourself as you are. And, and that guy was kind of an idiot. <laughs> like I looked at that guy, mm. I, would read the, I would read it on the page, I'd be like, this guy thinks he's so right, but man, he is so lost. So actually seeing yourself on the page is a great way, it's a great way to kind of step outside of yourself and, and really see, uh, you know, really see what's going on with you. So, so that helped. And the second thing was when Ingrid read the book, uh, which was obviously not easy Against for her. your warning. Yeah, no, well, what's interesting, the book begins with a warning for Ingrid to read it, yeah. but it ends with yeah. a warning. It ends with saying, hey, I hope you read this and know, get to know the real people. Oh, uh, oh, oh, all right. So, um, Can I, let me ask you something, Neil. Did you, yeah. As you're writing this, because you're saying, just like you said, you know, you're thinking the thoughts, you're reading what you've written on the page. Were you writing each section as you're experiencing it, or do you experience it, take notes, and then write the whole thing from beginning to end? That that's yeah. I can almost. I, I wonder if you wrote. Did you write the first section about uh, while you were actually experiencing it, or are you writing it overall? 
Right. Yeah, so I do both. I take like really extensive notes, and then I might mm-hmm. start writing it from the beginning, maybe when I'm about like halfway through it. Uh, but mm-hmm. by the time I get to the end, they have both of the, let's say the journey, and the journey ends just whenever I get to someplace, <laughs> someplace mm-hmm. where you land. Uh, usually everything's changed, and so I go back and rewrite the whole, rewrite the whole thing. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, it's an odd, it's an odd, it's an odd process, but definitely like the, every first draft of every book I've written would never be good. And we wouldn't be on this phone right. call talking about it. And I think that's mm-hmm. it. It's like, can you? It's about not being precious. Can you really let go of what you wrote and not feel like it, like you know, like a child showing your parents, you know, your first shit, and you're so proud of it because you made it? Can you let yeah. go of that? Can you let go of that and say maybe it's mm-hmm. shit? <laughs> and funny. try to make something beautiful. You know what I, I love so far is the um, the I want to call it sort of the. Uh, producerial kind of role that Rick Rubin is taking in at least the first third of the book. I mean, you know, almost like exactly what he does. It reminded me when he's explaining to you his thoughts about something, because it's very, you know, the first uh, third of the book that I've read has been, you know, just accented with some really like insightful advice from Rick Rubin. And I thought to myself as I was reading it, it kind of reminds me, you know, I read about him, um, you know, telling Metallica to, you know, imagine that they're not Metallica to go back and, and write the songs that they would write if they were trying to win this rock showcase, you know, like just very few words, but yeah. carry so much gravity and so much like vector changing uh, wisdom in them, you know? Well, let, well, let me share you. Continue let me to share play with that you. role. Yeah, he absolutely did, and I'm and, I, and I'm going to get. I want to get your take on something. He absolutely, he really, you know, in some sense, really produced my life. Like he produced a record in the sense of just really responding honestly <laughs> in the moment to what he's reacting to. So let me give you a piece of advice that he gave me. So I want to see what you guys think of it. Okay, which is this. So it's maybe just four days ago. The book's about to come out. I'm, I'm really, really nervous. I spent five years working on it. I want it to do well. And, you know, what's happening? What, what do I need to do? And he says, you're done. Let go of it and move on. Yeah. Like, get, start working on the next work. Mm. Okay. What do you, so what do you think of that? As a podcast called I Love Marketing... Well, yeah, what, what do you think? About I mean, you know, so much of the thing, Neil, is here's the thing. You're, the, the whole world now is going to have access to what's taken you the last five years. You've dedicated five years of your life in, you know, cloaked in secrecy, which you always are for the most part while you're writing and experiencing these. And then it comes out and it's like this whole thing is being unleashed on the world, but you are already now on to the next thing. I think it's probably, I think Rick's probably experienced that with, you know, big artists that have, uh, you know, are letting their albums go, releasing it out to the world and knowing that they've been working on it for a year. Right. Right. Kind of you know interesting. what? I, my, now, again, it's easy to have a opinion about something without totally experiencing it or having been privy to the tone of his voice, the, the history of your relationship with him and all that. My, my, my perception of it would be knowing you, cause we, you know, had a, we had a pretty intense conversation just a couple of days ago, um, you know, preparing for this and me hearing your kind of, you know, your emotional like state, uh, of, of this book coming out and, you know, this is a serious thing for you. I mean, you put your life into this for the last few years and this is probably the most important, uh, 
body of work that you've ever created. Uh, at least that's my my perception of it. Um, I think that's Rick's way of just saying, "Hey, man, you know, don't let your ego uh, get in the way of 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 being happy." And you, you're at this point now. Boom, you've done it. I think it's his way of like, you know, leading you to continue to stay in your higher self and not get attached to the to the outcome. Because it's real easy when you put a lot of effort into something that you want to see it win versus, you know, can you let your baby go and, and, and do its thing. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't 100% know of being a marketer, uh, you know, creating something, being able to, to sell it, you know, is 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 part of how, how much it gets out there or if you are truly one of those individuals that created so much momentum and then you put it out to the world and the world kind of takes it on and does its thing you're you're in one of those positions though neil where you've already written several you know new york Times bestsellers you got a hundreds of thousands if not millions of people that are fans of yours uh, you got a shit ton of detractors which create a lot of noise and barking dogs, you know, bring attention, even if they don't like you. And part of it is, you know, can you go into this and not give a shit what the naysayers say and, and focus on the people that really do resonate with it? Because I I believe this book will change people's perceptions entirely about how they think about stuff. And, and when with that shift, you can actually change someone's life in, in a really good way. And even some of your books that are really, you know, some people consider very dark and very twisted. And, you know, I mean, what it does is it, it shifts how you think and how you view things. And, and in that place, you can make a decision to which way you want to go. I mean, it's, your not, it's not your job to, you know, um, parent the world. What your job is, uh, is what you've taken on as a career is just to, is, is to write incredible you know, bodies of work about a variety of different subjects. This happens to be one that you consider the most important one in the world, which is your freedom, your your connection with the world, your connection intimately. You know, you're going through your own experience of never having been able to do it. I mean, we talk about trauma bonds. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, I had a lot of crazy shit that happened to me as a child. You know, I was molested as a kid. I had a lot of crazy sexual stuff. I have an arousal template that desired things that were very unhealthy, you know, and I, you know, I love the fact that you're writing about this because it's no one talks about this stuff because the moment you mention it, you know, you say something about sex addiction, people that conjures up a thought of well, who is this guy? They don't realize this is an intimacy disorder. It's, it's, it's simply, you know, all this stuff about sex and about pickup. I mean, for the most part, most, you know, people just want to connect with other human beings. They want to connect with the world. They want to connect with meaning with their life. And you, if you have to go through the, your life, not being able to feel that, even if you make a lot of money, even if you have a lot of fame, I mean, that's a very empty way to live. It's a very painful way to live. And you, in spite of all of this success and all of the things that you learned, there was a real internal hurt, and you had to go through that shit. And most people that don't like having you write about it because they're in that same boat. They just don't have enough balls yet to face it. So it's a lot easier to attack somebody about like writing about this shit and say, oh, you know, he's just this famous guy or he's selling bullshit to people or whatever. They don't they don't realize the, the war that, that some people have to fight because you may look like you're from privilege or you may have had some, you know, some success and everything. But these are, you know, these are very important uh, topics. And my, my hope is that 
this changes the global conversation about relationships, about sexuality, about addiction, about all kinds of stuff that is completely, you know, misunderstood. Of course, I feel like I'm even going on a tangent here, just rambling. Uh, what what I will say as it relates to what's interesting to me in, in my world is that I think, you know, addiction uh, is the biggest cause of human suffering on the planet. I think uh, the way we treat addicts and at least drugs and alcohol treatment is the modern form of human slavery. And then you look at behavioral addictions and, and upbringing and childhood and how that just affects so many different things that we do. It's, it's, it's like fascinating. And I think you've probably written the most recent, most controversial, you know, most potentially conversation-changing book that to this date has ever been been produced. And so, you know, Rick Rubin saying, let's see what happens. I mean, I, shit, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know, but I think it's, it's, it's a lot to think about. Yeah, no, thank you for, it's, you know, it's, there was a review in Grantland that really said like, hey, I want everybody in my life to, to read this book, not just people I know, but people I don't know. And she said exactly that. And it's like, you know, it just made me breathe a sigh of relief because exactly what you're saying is exactly, you know, why I wrote the book. And even even beyond uh, addiction, just to, just to understand yourself, to understand that kind of like you you were saying earlier, there's certain people who that the having a discussion with someone, the best thing you could ever do is get what you wanted, you know, fame, money, sex, whatever it may be, to get the things that you want, uh, and realize, or maybe it's even just buying your own home or other 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 goals that that that, that people have or uh and to get what you want and then realize hey maybe I'm st- you're still not happy and realize that all the things you're questing for on the outside which is the game are things that you should be looking for on the inside you know which is the truth like there's a great line of uh, of getting self-esteem not from the outside in but from the you know inside out and and that's kind of and and that, and that's kind of the journey and then and then you can operate in whatever you're doing from a place of power because no one can take anything away from you if you have less money or more money or less fame or more fame then your self esteem is just like a yo yo going up and down and but if you can operate from a place of solidity then you can do what you do without you know fear <laughs> and actually be great at mm-hmm. it r- r- right and, and, you know here's one of the things that being an addict actually taught me a lot about life because in a couple things for one in my position and what I you know decided to do for a career which is you know focus on helping people you know build and grow their businesses mostly through marketing and that's what most people think of me as at least from a public thing is this marketing guy when I I just want to connect people I want to connect people with wisdom with people with anything that's going to reduce suffering and hopefully help them you know have a more productive uh, useful life and I want that for myself you know it's not it's not fully philanthropic you know it's like I want that for myself and what I learned about being an an, an addict is human desperation at a level that I never could have, have ever thought I would ever go to and would ever, you know, would ever want. I mean, who would, who would want to be compulsive? Who would want to be dysfunctional? But it's like there's so many things that, 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 that manufacture that sort of behavior from, you know, biochemical stuff in your brain to, you know, the environment to being from trauma to, you know, abandonment to all, all kinds of, all kinds of crazy shit. But I, I ended up, you know, figuring out how to turn a small company around making money. And, and I got the ability to, you know, 
access forms of therapy and treatment that a lot of people don't. Now, and I am a big fan of, you know, 12-step groups, although a lot of people are, are not because I, I like communities and I like, you know, uh, hope hope heals and uh, in places like, you know, we can go to get hope. What I did is I ended up joining a high-profile group for behavior addiction uh, in, you know, around early 2000. And uh, I ended up, you know, being in these groups with, um very famous people from Academy Award winning actors and actresses and famous musicians and politicians and uh, people in sports. And I saw these individuals that the world would be like, they have everything. They got the money, they got the fame, they've got the relationships, they have anything that they want. And I saw these individuals that were just broken people in you know their personal lives. And I saw a level of, of human suffering that they're success and their achievement wasn't driven out of just mere talent, although many of them were talented. It wasn't driven out of inspiration. It was like they they were so fucking broken that they somehow, some of them, took that brokenness and they parlayed it into business. So they parlayed it into celebrity, but they were just running and they were running and they were pained. And I, and I saw these individuals and it gave me a whole nother perspective of like, you know, the greatest leaders of the world, sometimes at least what people think are the greatest leaders have, you know, the most painful sort of lives. And, and that was the starting point of realizing that, you know, humans are just they're just trying to freaking get through life. I mean, they're just they're just trying to function, and some do a really good job and kind of get through the hell. And other people, they never get out of it, uh, you know, internally, but on the outside, you know. And so it, it is it is an inside job. I mean, all of this is you know, it's all it, it's all about you know internally. I mean, hell, I I get more out of meditating for twenty minutes than the most extravagant vacations or doing all kinds of stuff and and you know I'm just I'm learning a lot of you know so much shit that I used to think was so important to live a fulfilling life I mean you get older you realize eh, you know you you go into really dark places and so you know addiction's never been an, an easy thing and I don't want to make this all about addiction I mean there's all kinds of other stuff I mean your book is way more than just about addictive tendencies and whatnot but you know the the thing for me is that I have a lot of empathy for, you know, people doing crazy shit because I've seen it at all levels of society from people that are homeless to people that are like some of the most famous in the world. And, you know, there's not that much differences in all the same shit that humans are dealing with, you know, how to make a relationship work, you know, how to not be lonely, how to feel good about yourself, you know, how to get through the day, how to go to sleep, you know, how to feel any level of contentment, how to deal with overwhelm. I mean, it's just a whole hodgepodge and you, you just do such a masterful job of writing through your experiences of, of transcending so much of it. And what I, what I love that you do, by the way, and I do that did in the book as well, and but you do with, with, with your you know, listeners' audiences, like, and a lot of people don't, is they're scared to be imperfect. We're all imperfect. We're human beings. Thus, we're imperfect, right? Uh, as the saying goes, we're perfectly imperfect. And you uh, are great at just showing your vulnerabilities, and it doesn't hurt you at all in any way. I mean, and, and, I, and I do the same. I, I show, I, I sh- if you show when you're not perfect, you show when you're not great, you show your failings, you tell people if you, you know, have an addiction or, or, or went to rehab or you, and, and uh, then really, and, and you feel fine that it's okay. <laughs> you know, there's no shame. Yeah. And, and you own your own story instead of having to hide your own story, which really leads me to Dean. Dean, what, what's up with you, man? <laughs> you know, as you, you get, saying, don't think you can stay silent. Silent, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I was thinking about the as I was 
reading parts of that, I imagined what it's like to actually be that revealing. And that's, you know, it's so, I think that's what makes your book so riveting, you know, is that you, you really allow yourself to go um, complete full immersion into it and let everybody, you know, take on the whole journey with you. I mean, it felt like every thought that people, uh, or every thought I've read, every thought that you share in the book are thoughts that it feels like there must be, you know, millions of people that share this exact thought process. And for you to, to, to say it and to own it and to experience it and to, to explore it, that, I think that's really just um, what makes it so riveting. I've always been fascinated, Neil, by your ability to, five years out, be able to, to I don't know whether you, you sense it or, or, or you see it, you know, what's coming, but I look back to, you know, emergency, and when I first met you in 2005, that's sort of what you were um, working on, 2005, 2006 which didn't come out for, you know, three years later. And at 2005, 2006, an emergency or a, you know, a breakdown of the whole system was not kind of in the, in the world. It was the, the boom times. Everybody was kind of thinking that. But for you to be able to see what is going to be the zeitgeist or whatever you want to call it, uh, three or four years out is amazing. And the same thing with some of the... Um, the more biographical books that you've done. Um, and, and yeah, and it's funny because, you know, Rick, Rick says, um, I have to go in a second, but Rick says that, <laughs> you guys, you guys tricked me, <laughs> but, but I get tired off the phone. It's so fascinating. It feels like five minutes have passed that Rick <laughs> says that, uh, you know, and I'm not comparing myself to these people, but he says that like, you know, great artists have an antenna, you know, I think and that's you, exactly what it is. Can you tell me? Well, I, well, I, I don't know whether it's top secret. You're the, Biography book. I can't. I, yeah, yeah, no, I can't say that. Okay, word. no, okay. <laughs> but you can you can mention what it's about without without the person. Yeah, but everybody's but no, gonna know when doing, it does. I started doing that one. Yeah. I started doing that one, and like, right as soon as I was finished, all of a sudden he's like in the news every day. Exactly. Yeah. Holy cow. Let me let me ask you this because I know you got what beliefs did you have to let go of uh, as as a process of what this this book because there was a lot of things that you just considered this is the way life is, this is what I think, but you realize that, you know, because you, you had to give up and let go of a lot of stuff uh, in order to, you know, get to where you are right now and to even produce what you've done. So what what are some of the things that you had to let go of in terms of belief systems that you thought were were, were the truth, but they really weren't? Sure. sure. I mean, in a, in a nutshell, the biggest belief I had to let go of was that I knew anything, <laughs> that anything I knew or thought there was any that any of it was right, because you know all my best thinking got me into, into the bad situation mm. I, I, I got myself into, and literally like because at one point and I know how you are, Joe. You, Joe, you're like a voracious, you have a voracious appetite for knowledge, and you're always working on yourself and taking these incredible seminars. And and I still have to do the Hoffman process, which you recommended. I'm really excited to do that. And uh, and and you're but and 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 so. So I did that. I kind of surrounded myself with a lot of experts. I talked to all the right people. I, I um, you know, did all these processes. But it wasn't until I actually added one key thing to it that I started to change or get better, which was like complete and utter humility that I know nothing. 
Mm. Without that piece, like literally, there would be no change because it's still your it's still your it's still your head doing all the thinking, you know. And then the truth is, you really don't. I, I now I, I watch it happen all the time. I see people say, you know, that person said that, and this means that, and because that means that, this means that, and you're like, how do you know? How do you know? You don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, well, okay. So so what what. Do you, what is your hope and belief that when someone that this book will do? What do you want it to? Uh, what would the reader really get out of reading that? And I know a lot of that's like, well, it's perception. I mean, they might be entertained, but really, right, right. I know you want this to be more than just a book that someone reads and is fascinated by. I know you yeah, want my, this to be. Yeah, yeah. My 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 deal my deal read is again the person the person in Grantland wrote it so well. Let me just see if I can. You know what? Uh, they wrote it so well in Grantland that I wish I could just take her words. But for me, ideally, like I would love one read where you just enjoy the book and can't put it down because it's just giving you joy and and, and, and compelling you and you can't put it down. And it may, and then the second one is you, now you go back and you look at everything you underlined and you think about your own life. <laughs> and mm. you start to see patterns you weren't aware of. Uh, you start to see maybe how you may be getting in your own way uh, and patterns that you may be playing out that are you know, detrimental to your own um, life and the lives of people around you. So to, and then to, uh, so, and then the third step is then, you know, give it to that ex of yours <laughs> who really needs to read it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you know, you, you nearly, you, you, you talked about the disillusionment thing that is a great thing that Joseph Campbell said. And then you were talking about something with Ingrid and then Dean interrupted and asked you a question. And I think that took, I was, was so rude any... of Dean to get a word in age. So rude. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, stop doing that shit, Dean. I mean, quit dominating these conversations. Uh, what, 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 what was the thing you were going to finish your thought on related to, you know, because um, my question was, um, you know, why do you think great relationships go downhill? And I, I don't think you were completely finished with your, your thinking on that, but maybe you were. You know, I don't know. Dean just kind of ruined it. And now that no one I'm will ever sorry, know. sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I still... I still, I still, I still I still like I still feel like Dean took like a left turn at the question at the invitation to really open up. I feel like yeah, see how you are. Dean, I'm going to have to do we're going to have to do a separate interview uh, just on some of the topic, which actually is true. I do want to do one just on the topic of this, but because this is I love marketing, I wanted to kind of just make it a hodgepodge of uh, different stuff, which is good. And as soon as you jump but, off me, and, and, Dean, and, and, yeah, and here's the important thing, and then I'll jump over. I think the important thing is this: like everybody wants the tactics and techniques. That's what the game is. Um, and that's what, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the products that people buy are about, but if you don't work on the beliefs, you'll never be able to use the tactics. That's why most people know when they sell something, especially if it's about self, you know, self and, you know, getting better or, or, or uh, you know, biz ops and stuff like that, that a lot of people won't do it. Not because the information doesn't work because the person getting it doesn't work. <laughs> and I mean that in the sense mm-hmm. that they have the belief that they're scared of success or they're scared of failure, or, um, you know, they don't think that they're enough. Uh, Whatever belief is implanted in their head, it becomes a gulf between them and and, and the outcome they want. So, honestly, that's why the stuff we're talking about is important. Okay, last thing I'll ask you, since I think this will be more about the whole subject of of writing. You put a shit ton of work into it. I, I, I love when people try to like think that what you do is an easy thing to do. I mean, uh, you know, we've known each other for many years and you're a guy that will literally go camp out and, and like literally work for long extended periods of time trying to, you know, sh- 
do whatever you can to keep your attention so focused on it. So I know you have got, literally, when you say five years of work on this book, you have got five years of work on this book. And so people can read something in a few hours that you literally put five years of your life into and a shit ton of, of energy and, and, and like stuff that you went through. For all the people that are listening to us, I mean, a lot of these people, they want to build new careers. They want to learn new skill sets. They want to be good at marketing. They, they, you know, they want to be entrepreneurs. They are entrepreneurs. You know, some are very successful and others are, are, are young people starting out. How do you, how do you, what would you recommend to people to, to just create world-class work? Because in your genre, you are world-class. You're one of the best writers, living writers in the world. Uh, how do you approach doing great work? I mean, it's a hard thing to do, and it has to put forth effort. So what is the mindset or anything that you, that you could say to it that allows someone to get to a place where they can be world-class? Yeah, I would have to say that if that's, it's actually the one subject this book is about, and I'm not just saying it because it can be in transition. It's a you know, it's commitment. You really have to commit to it. And I watched you were asking about fatherhood, and again, this stuff has taught me so much about what a good parent is and, and what a child needs. Uh, but you know, and again, this may not be every son. This is just my son. I noticed that he doesn't try to do things. He's not trying to do things. He's practicing. He's always practicing. Like you know, he's he when he's crawling, he's just always practicing. He's on his knees and, and, and arms. He's just practicing, practicing, practicing all the time. Now he's standing and every opportunity he gets, he's trying to, he's standing, he's standing, and then he's always trying to walk. So he, he just practices and he's committed to doing it. And that's like his goal. His goal in life right now is to, you know, walk without support. And that's all he does is he practices and he doesn't, every now and then he may try. And when he tries, he gets frustrated and annoyed. But when he practices and is committed to that, you know, he gets great. So, so I think it's commitment, you know, dedication, practice, and, uh, um, the belief that it's worth it, that, that, mm. that if you're, for me with this book, for example, uh, I, I work so hard on it, and I certainly want um, everybody to, to, to read it and connect with it and get amazing things out of it. But even if they didn't, I, you know, like, kind of like Rick said, I feel like it's good enough to be done, that, that the reward was in itself. You know, my son, if he walks, it's good enough. No one needs to see it. You know, <laughs> they will, but walking is good enough. So it also has to be the outcome you want has to be from within and not from without. Maybe that's the other key. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so if people, uh, if they want the book, it's called The Truth, uh, with the subtitle, you know, An Uncomfortable Book About Relationships, Neil Strauss. Uh, if people want to, you're on a tour right now. Uh, we're going to put this episode out immediately since your book just came out. Uh, if people wanted to follow you and where you're at, or maybe, you know, on the rare occasion, see you in one of the cities, and you know, I know you're going all over the world, different parts of the, the right. world. Uh, how do they follow you? Yeah, either just go to the my you know neilstrauss.com page n e i l s t r a u s s like Levi Strauss, uh, and um, I'm sure it'll be up on this thing. Uh, so I hate when people do the dot com thing. So, but I just did it. So, and then uh, either or you know or just pick up the book on Amazon. But the tour dates are there, and it'll be fun stuff on the road. I think I'm actually going to like bring people up on stage and work on have them work on the other on, on some of their relationship stuff. So if you got a burning relationship question, wow. <laughs> show up and we'll and we'll answer. It's really fun. I did that. I did a secret event last night where we put up posters all over New York that were like the Peanuts cartoons uh, with mm. like. Lucy, and it said, relationship help, five cents, South Street Seaport. So a bunch of people showed up not knowing who was there. I just did it as a warm-up for the book tour. And, uh, and, 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 we, and like, really, like, help people recognize patterns in themselves that they couldn't see. It's, it's really, really fun. That's so, awesome. 
Yeah. So, hey, thank you guys for talking about this. It was really fun, and thanks for sharing your stories, Joe and, and Dean. Now, I wanna, next show I do, I just want to interview Dean. Yeah, yeah, we should. We, we we should interview Dean about his dysfunctions, but uh, in his, his trauma bonds. I mean, like It'd the be a fact that episode. He's a, yeah, because the fact that I even do a podcast with Dean, there's a trauma bond happening there for some bizarre reason. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I don't think it's Dean who has a trauma, trauma bond. Trauma bonding. I think it's Dean who has the trauma bond. Not there. Like, why do you think so, Dean? See, see how many nice things shows my said, artificial enmeshing mother now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're never good enough. Right, stop interrupting Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to say stuff, and you're interrupting. I mean, it's like Jesus. No, but uh, thank you, Neil, and good luck with everything. I want all of our our listeners to. Read Read the book and then post their comments, what they think about it, because I, I know you'll find it fascinating. And when I'm completely 100% done with the book, then I want to do another follow-up uh, interview with you, Neil, uh, related to the, uh, you know, just the whole thing, because there's so so much wisdom in this book. So uh, thanks for taking the time. I know you got a crazy tour, so good luck with everything, and we will talk soon. All right. Thank you both. All right. See you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Neil. Bye. Bye. And uh, Dean, me and you will just continue to, yeah, to talk. To talk. I estimate that we'll... I'll be done. I estimate that I'll be done by nine p.m. Good, good. It's, well, so, it's fascinating. Yeah. What, what do you? Where uh, you know? Talk about uh, what you, what you have learned and discovered so far. Um, well, so I'm at the point where he has finished the first section of the book. So he's gone through uh, rehab. He's gone through the one year. Um, experience there. And now he's moving on to, uh, I haven't started the second section yet, so I don't know anything else about it. But I'll tell you, I mean, if you're only, you're 30 pages in or 40 pages in or whatever you said, you know, it's just so, it is riveting. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating to, uh, to dive into. I, yeah. it was when I was saying to him earlier, you know, like I've, I don't know how long, um, you've known, um, Neil, or I, I've I've met him um, ten years ago now through Eben, and um, you know when I first met him, it was right after um, the game had just come out, and he was already working on the next book, which was, as he said, was going to be a money book, right? Like about um, you know get figuring out the online. You know this whole new world of people that are making money online, and this whole um, that whole world. And then he started working on that book, Emergency, and to have the foresight in the middle of one of the strongest economies that we've ever seen. I mean, you know, the post nine eleven economy and the boom and the the run up to everything after that. We were living in like real prosperous times and <laughs> to foresee it not always being like that. And then by the time that he finishes the book and releases it, it's immediately on the heels of the big stock market crash in 2008 and then the foreclosure crisis and all of this stuff, which had people really kind of um, reeling. And, you know, you start to realize, boy, this guy really like has this way. I'm glad I asked him whether we could talk about the the biography he's working on now, um, because he said we can't. And it, but when people are, because uh, I probably would have mentioned it right now. But when people, when it comes out, they're gonna just be in awe at how timely this was. You know, because as soon as he finished 
you know, he's almost finished with the uh, book, but as soon as he's done it, this guy's just in the news every single day, you know, and it, it was, I mean, it was pretty amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's funny is like in the book, because he asked me if I wanted him to name my name when he would write about the book, because there's a composite uh, hodgepodge character, like some of it based on, on me, that's in mm. the book. But he, he chose out of respect to me to leave me kind of anonymous and not say anything, ah. because Neil could very much be very revealing about a lot of people if he wants yes, to Yes, he be, can, right? exactly. Right, uh, right. But, you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the topics and the subjects and everything yeah. in this book. So it's kind of near and dear to me to see how it ended up turning out. And, and plus, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm working on a book on, uh, on addiction, on behavior addictions, yeah. from sex addiction to workaholism to, you know, drugs and alcohol and, and, and a lot of things yeah. related to, uh, to addiction and how to, uh, you know, not only how to think of, and about it. In, in the documentary, yeah, I'm filming a documentary, which, you know, but again, I'm taking it very slow because addiction, it has to be portrayed, for, you know, in the right way because so many people misunderstand it and it, you know, you hear the term addict, it immediately conjures mm-hmm. up so many things, especially when you talk about sex addiction, you know, sex addiction is an intimacy uh, disorder, you know, more than it is like someone that's just some pervert that just Physical, wants to sleep with yeah, them. Exactly, right. It, right, it right. could be, it, he, he writes about, you know, sexual anorexia, you you know, all addictions are yeah. binging or deprivation. And there's a lot of people that cannot be sexual at all, cannot go into relationships at all because they're so hurt by it. And that could be, you know, that could be another form of just unmanageable, out-of-control behavior just in the form of not excess, but in, the, in extreme deprivation. And so it's, uh, you know, I just like the fact that he wrote this book about you know, relationships and about what he went through, because I think it's, you know, people, they're either going to love it or, well, I think most people that read the book are just going to love it because everything that Neil writes, I mean, it's hard not to be soft. You can't put it down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I was thinking about that when you were, the things you've been going through with the, with the documentary and stuff, there's a lot of that in it. I mean, you're, you're doing the same a kind of process, really, you know, uh-huh. full yeah. immersion and experiencing things, and how I'm my own, I mean, I'm my own human lab rat, you know, right, exactly, and I think that comes across as the most authentic. You're not a field, I mean, you're not writing a book report; you're writing a field report, right, exactly. of actually experiencing it, not researching it, you know. Yeah, see, well, most people, I'll, I'll say this here, I've not said it publicly yet, but, you know, I'm the first person in the world to have a before and after brain scan of taking one of the world's most powerful psychedelics uh, in order to, you know, rewire neural pathways in the brain. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you would ask me six months ago if I would have ever thought of, you know, psychedelics as something that used to treat addiction, and now you have things like Ibogaine. You know, I, I introduced uh, Tim Ferriss to, uh, you know, Dr. Martin Polanco and Dr. Dan Engel, and, and Tim recently interviewed them on the subject of psychedelics and and uh, and ibogaine, you know, to treat addiction and and this shit's crazy to people that like don't understand it. But you know, it wasn't until I started doing massive amounts of research on this where I, you know, finding that you know people that are taking you know psychedelics like ibogaine for for uh, opiate addiction is where it's most successful. Uh, the success rate of it when it's done by a by a practitioner that knows what the hell they're doing because unfortunately there's a lot of people that are using psychedelics recreationally not intentionally from people that are you know extraordinarily dangerous so you can't just jump into this like, sort yeah, of hey, stuff let's go to know. burning man and and 
drop acid. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. And, 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 you know, the thing is, you know, done under the right circumstances, I mean, oh my God, you know, the, the level of success that some people are, are, are having. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at, you know, uh, all kinds of things from, you know, 12 step groups, which are, you know, the most accessible ways for, for people with addictions to at least find other addicts and go into a room where they're not alone and get out of that isolation because addiction thrives in isolation. Addiction thrives with low self-worth. Addiction thrives in trauma. And it's not even about why someone is, is, is addicted. It's like my friend Gabor Mate, who's just this brilliant addiction doctor. You know, he says, don't ask why the addiction, but why the pain? Because addiction mm. is just a symptom. It's a coping mechanism for dealing with things that are, you know, people don't know have any other form of doing it so it's it's actually a way to try to cope with uh, a deep uh, pain a deep uh, disconnection so you know what i want to do is 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 you know it's uh, it disconnect addiction through connection and that's what my documentary will be about that's what my book will be about on on that subject and then of course there's the, the stuff we do for business which is <laughs> genius network and marketing and all yeah, of that right. other stuff but you know uh, to, to all of our listeners you know we, we we always want to do fascinating interviews at least what we think would be interesting and turn mm-hmm. you on to stuff because you know a well-rounded human being looks at all kinds of stuff and uh, you know the, the the cool thing about watching Neil is you'll see some really uh, powerful marketing of, you know, not only from the crowd, but just from what, what is done from a guy who has already, you know, had, had successful books. But I also want you to, to not just look at the marketing. I want you to, you I know, think read it the all book counts. And, you can't, you can't separate the entrepreneur from the person because that's really what it is. You know, those entrepreneurs are, it's, our own expression is our businesses, but that's an out, you know, we're completely attached with our lives to that. So, yeah, yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, you mean that, that whole thing? I have to yeah, say, yeah. though, you know, and I've um, known you now more than 20 years, and we've had a, you know, as an observer in a fairly intimate relationship, I'd say the the meditation has been. In my observation, the thing that has had the biggest impact on you. I mean, I've noticed that over the last couple of years that that's. Um, you know, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. A, like, a, change. a lot of a lot of people say that. I, I, I had uh, lunch yesterday with uh, with my my girlfriend and uh, my friend uh, Nordine, uh, who is a former Mister. Universe. Yeah, he wrote Mind, yeah. Mind Over By, and he said that too yesterday. He goes, you know, since you started meditating, I, I, I noticed a total shift. But what's funny is to me, I don't, I, I don't consider it that. I just think that's one of many things. I mean, I use flow mm-hmm. pods, you know, f- flotation through, you know, like TrueRest.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, you know, a great franchise of, of that they're, you know, starting to put all over, all over the country and hopefully mm-hmm. all over the world. And, uh, you know, so floating and, uh, you know, yoga and eating. I think uh, that's probably it. That that's, you're all, all encompassing your mindfulness practice, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. It, that, yeah. That is it. You know, heck, I mean, even helping Ariana, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you can say Ariana or Ariana, however people want to pronounce it, you know, Ariana Huffington's uh, book Thrive and just, you know, sleeping. I mean, getting proper sleep, yeah. you know, all, all of these little rituals. How's your early to bed, early to rise experiment going? Much better, much better. I am yeah. getting up, you know, between uh, 5 to 6.30 a.m. 
most days. And it's, it's, you know, I've been in a How funny was that to run person. into Dean Graziosi on the top of uh, Camelback Mountain? Yeah, no, it was so funny. Yeah, it was so funny. Yeah, the, totally people random. Aren't, aren't aware of this and listening to our podcast, I posted a video where I was like climbing the mountain a couple of weeks ago. And I, and, and, and Dean Graziosi interviewed me later that day. And we'll, once he gets me that video, we'll put it up as an episode on I Love Marky because it's actually, yeah. I think it's a pretty good interview. But um, I, I ran into him, you know, and he's he lives on the other side of, uh, you know, this mountain from where I live. And we both ran in each other with friends and it was just hysterical but there's there's a lot and i'll tell you though you know dean when he first met me he was not exercising i think you know uh give credit where credit is due i mean you know someone has to take on the ritual themselves i just really encouraged him in the beginning to start working out and we used to you know we we started working out together and i really and he Mm -hmm. just stuck with it because he used to work out but he just went in this hiatus where life got kind of crazy and Mm -hmm. he quit and it's and it's hard to start back up but he you know he worked through it he worked through it and Boom, he does it now. You know, one thing I want to mention, because I didn't kind of close this loop, you know, I mentioned about a high-profile group I had joined where there was like a yeah. bunch of famous people. And, and the reason that these people were in the group is they were so well-known that they could not go to an anonymous meeting without being recognized, and, and it would be very difficult for them to just go to, you know, although a lot of them do go to 12-step groups and, and things like that. But, you know, uh, it was a group where people that are so damn well-known that they couldn't really go anywhere to just, you know, admit that they were fucked up and that they were having, you know, they needed help. And what it made me realize that, you know, although someone may have fame and money or whatever, and a lot of people could be like, oh, they got it made, you know, you could get to a point where you, where your fame is globally inescapable and you can't go to any corner of the world and get any freedom. Like people are always seeking you out. And uh, that that is a really challenging place. And so, you know, people have to be careful when they want to try to pursue fame. You know, the the movie, uh, oh boy, what, what what's it called? Supermensch? Um, yeah, loved it. You know, yeah, like, and I, and I just recently met Alice Cooper. I'm going to go golfing with him in February. But, uh, nice. you know, uh, you know, he, like, the, the movie Supermensch, just yeah. watch it. Uh, I've seen will. it four times. It's the, yeah. I think I recommended it to you. It's so it's amazing. Frank Kern and I discovered it. We watched it two nights in a row. Yeah, and it was. And then I've seen it two other times since then. And every single time I read it, it every single time I watch it, I learn something new. But it reminded me of you a lot. You know, I think you know, twenty years from now, it's going to be amazing to see what impact you've had in the world. You know, well, I think in the yeah. See what happened. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's about a guy named Shep Gordon who uh lives yeah. in Hawaii and he he's made a lot he was like the agent for, you know, a lot of famous mm-hmm. people from, you know, Alice Cooper to, you know, you, you name it. And uh he's there's a line in the trailer. Go watch the trailer. Just type in, mm-hmm. you know, Superman's trailer and he says, you know, there's <laughs> there's nothing about fame that was healthy. I mean, those those that rose the highest to the top also crashed the hardest. And yeah. that that's the interesting thing that, you know, as I, as I sit and, you know, even, even when we, we do things like, you know, I love marketing that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people will actually listen to this and all kinds of various mm-hmm. things and you get recognized and it's weird, you know, cause we're not even famous. And, you know, I mean, you look at right. someone that truly is like an Oprah, you know, who I've met a couple of right. times and you, you know, it's like, man, I mean, yeah, people I think we talked about that. I remember like going to, um, 
well, even in Toronto, we were just there with the you know five thousand people, but all the people that had um, you know knew who we were and go walking into um, the Infusionsoft event in Phoenix. You know, get get out of the getting in the elevator that started. You know, but we, yeah, no, we yeah, forget about it, that because we're kind of like. Uh, you know, we're here. We're I'm in Florida. You're in Phoenix. We're recording these into the into the world and releasing them. But now for five years in a row, and everybody is you know it has a pretty broad reach, which is fascinating and, yeah, and wonderful. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, it, it always goes back to where you, you you know the way to stay centered. It's like you, you got to remember though. You know, you're uh, don't believe your own PR. And mm. that, that's that's one of the things. It could be good. It could be bad. Uh, and you know, but the thing is, uh, it's more of a reason as you is to keep yourself centered. I mean, ego is really useful for certain things, and it's really destructive for other things. And being able to know what's serving you and what isn't is really important. And, and anyway, you know, to wrap up this episode because I know we're probably going a little bit over. Um, yeah. Let us know what you think of the book. I'd love you to go out and read the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'll make the most sense based on this episode and. Watch some of the marketing because you'll see some, you know, really useful marketing employed. And more than anything, you know, the ability to weave together a great story and really convey and replicate yourself is really, really powerful. And, you know, we've, uh, some of you that are listening to this, only a handful will be at the, um, the annual event, my Genius Network annual event that's going to be, you know, this this month, and we have literally officially sold it out. I mean, we even sold out a, uh, a the Genius Lounge, which is the overflow room, um, and this will be the highest level marketing event to ever take place in the history of the world, and it will be really powerful, and we'll have to do, you know, we'll share some of the uh, you know, the insights and some of the things that are learned and everything that are discovered on, you know, an upcoming episode. And it's, I'm just really excited about where this is going and, you know, really appreciate all the support of everyone out there that's been listening to us for, you know, what, five years now. And the people that run I Love Marketing meetup groups all over the world and all the cool stuff, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully just putting this this uh, content out there for free has really helped, um, you know, a lot of people with their businesses and and hopefully their lives. And uh, so we're going to have some other episodes that Dean and I have have done some together, some individually that we'll put up as uh, either full episodes or bonus episodes that will be coming up in the next uh, few weeks. And uh, now and then, yeah. And then we'll get back in November and we'll be back on track. Cool, cool. So that's it. Anything else we got to say? No, I think this is great. I'm looking forward to Scottsdale. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and if, if by the way, we are, I'm not kidding, I'm not saying that like a takeaway, like scarcity thing, we sold out a $10,000 person event uh, in, in, you know, over 300 and, uh, well, 330 people will be coming, and that's as much as we sold out the whole hotel, you know, and it was very high end, it very, you know, it's it's not just high price because, you know, it's marketing, it's high price because, you know, I got Tony Robbins coming and Peter Diamandis and, you know, John Paul just, yeah, yeah, just uh, three billionaires will be there. Um, so, uh, if you.
you want to see how I did the marketing, just go to GeniusNetworkEvents.com and you can see the site that we have. Obviously, the site is up, and if anyone's interested in next year, you can put it in your calendar. It's going to be October 3rd and 4th, 2016, October 3rd and 4th, and that event will sell out. So if you want to be on the waiting list for that one, then get opted in, and you'll get notified and see how we do that one, too. And uh, and that is it. So. Awesome. Thanks, Dean. And we will talk next time. Please uh, share your comments, everyone. And uh, you can subscribe to I Love Marketing on iTunes. Take care. Bye.